Welcome to day one of the Kona Super Specials of I Am Talk, your daily fix on the Kona experience. Right guys, well welcome along to the episode one of the Kona Super Specials from Kona! If you can hear the, the, the ambience in the background, it's the waves crashing in at the Sheridan Hotel. It's because we can't find anywhere else to record it, so we're right by the beach. I am Talk Kona Super Specials, proudly brought to you by... Endurance Sport Travel. Oh, we're in a beautiful location, aren't we, John? We are, and they're the people who provide the location and the accommodation. If you're looking for any races anywhere in the world that are sold out, especially good, they've always got slots. And uh, also, if you're looking for a company that's, if you're going anywhere with a family, that sounds like a bloody good idea. Because who else, John? Who else? Sorry? Who else? Challenge Athletes Foundation. Challenge. Give me the plug. I've got to keep the plug going. Well, no, we're going to do short plugs at the beginning, long plugs at the okay. end. Okay. Challenge okay. Athletes. If you're thinking about supporting any race in the world and you want to get in support, we're actually talking to Peter Tinholt this morning mm-hmm. and he got behind, it wasn't Challenge Athlete, but he, he sponsored someone leading it to New Zealand and that's what you want to think about doing and Challenge Athletes is a great foundation. Mm-hmm. And then lastly... Our regular sponsors. Yep. Coffeesofaway.com. We're going to boat tomorrow morning. Tribuys.com. Get some gear. And Athlinks.com. Amazing. But is it more we'll, importantly? We'll have pictures and stuff up on Athlinks. No, no, more importantly, John. What? You. You got us here. That's right, the listeners. Yeah, so thank you very much. And, and we're going to give you the plug. You're actually the biggest sponsor of the show because it's you who got us here and we really appreciate the love and the support. I'm going to put a list of all the people who have contributed to the show uh, to get us here up on Athlinks in the next week or, or the next few days. Nice. And we really appreciate it. And that. if you haven't got a nickname, your nickname will be up. We'll do that over the next few days on the shows as well. So, this show is a little bit late and we're having a few emails through from people saying, where the heck is the show? We've only just arrived, we've been here a couple of hours, and we're just about to do our first interview. And our first interview is going to be, who is it, John? Craig Alexander, defending champion. Defending champion first up. Who else have we got on the show today, John? Uh, should we keep that little surprise, because we're just going to put this one out, aren't we? No? Oh, do you want to do that? Yeah. Okay, well, tomorrow we've got some big interviews do- as well. We're doing two more interviews tonight, um, and we'll put them out first thing Wednesday morning, Kona time. I've got, I've got to give young John here a bit of a plug. He's been doing some work behind the scenes. I always thought we'd just turn up and go up to people and randomly annoy them. Oh, no. You've done preparation, mate. You've done your peas. You've done a little bit of peas as well. I did you one pea. One, one <laughs> so we've got uh, basically probably going to get about three interviews per day and then we'll be doing random interviews uh, along the way and uh, still to be confirmed what we'll do on race day. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. Um, so we thought we'd just give you a quick update on what's been happening up to date. So, so far on the trip we've had some pretty big things happen. What happened on the games on the flight, John? Bevan... It is a small victory. A small vi- uh, who won trivia? Bevan won trivia. Who won Tetris? It was a... No, I won Tetris, Tetris, John. Which one did I win? I won no, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. No, you, did, I won, you did not. We drew I it. Drew. <laughs> it's not a win. But we had another challenge today. Who put their bike together fastest? And I took that one out. No, what happened was he put his bike together faster than me. And he goes, oh, by the way, there was a competition. You should have known. Yeah, you should have known. I highly disagree. Disappointment. We've had some disappointment on the trip already. Yep. Highly disappointing. We both bombed out big time. Well, you bombed out more than me. What, is he, what the, are we talking about? The requesting of extra meals on the flight. Uh, this, yeah. That was the most miserable display I've ever seen in my life. I was happy with the ice cream. The thing I've, I've noticed now that I'm not an Ironman athlete is that I don't actually need as much. Oh, you do. Because you kept eating, and I was like, you know what, I'm getting a bit full here. No. And I was like, I don't want to get fat. So first round, first round was, uh, what was it? it, must have been sort of lunch for us on the flight. Put in the request. 
guy came back, no go, but we did get two little bunt rolls, little bread rolls. <laughs> extra ice cream, but. And one extra ice cream. The ice cream was gold. Second time round, took a slightly different tact. I asked first, you asked with first. one person, John asked second with another person. Declined by both. We got nothing. So there In New Zealand, the cutting costs. But the other thing we've done really good, because you know over the years we've set you guys up with challenges. We've said, do the stretch on the plane, mm-hmm. wear the gear to the airport, and John and I are keeping up to the challenges. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it on the website tonight, when I do the website, which will mm-hmm. be up when you listen to this, the photos of us on the plane doing a stretch. John looks like he's doing a bloody flamingo dance, yep. and uh, I'm looking like I'm doing a good stretch. And then we're in, we're in where are we? Honolulu Airport. Yep, we're in Honolulu Airport. We've got our iron talk tops on, our skins, yep. and our socks. Yep, so we did the compression deal. Yep. So and I had the uh, sandals on as well, getting going to the German look. And I did notice John has picked a G-string, so be excited, team. That's right, look out. <laughs> be very excited. So, so pretty much what's happening for us over the next few days is we're pretty much just going to be trying to find interviews all days. If you're in Kona, we've got the bike this afternoon, but it's too late for that because we're mm-hmm. going to release this later in a day. But we're going to meet up with the whole IM Talk crew who are here, which is great. We're going to be in the boat every morning. Yep, so we'll be swimming probably at 7 o'clock from the beach and we, you'll just have to catch us up, up with us there and probably sit out on the boat for a little bit. We'll do some interviews on the boat, which is going to be really great. Um, Albert was saying he's just been out swimming before and he's with 20 dolphins, mm-hmm. so it's pretty special. And and then what else happened, John? Saw Mark Allen this morning at the yep. pier. He looked pretty intimidated by you, John. He, he looked at you and I thought, oh, he's he's, he's yeah. worried. That's why he retired. He's, yeah, he's worrying about his soul. It's just yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> careful, careful. Anyway, here comes Craig Alexander. Oh, okay. he's, not, he's not actually here. We're waiting for him. No, hopefully it won't be waves when we. Yeah. Been have a goss since we're killing time. Saw Yvonne Van Vlerken running along. You didn't, you didn't do the hello. We're going to talk to her tonight. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> we weren't talking about the interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who else have we seen? Saw Alba, the Albanator. Albanator. Seen a few Kiwis. Kiwis looking good. Quite a few listeners have come up and said hello. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Mm-hmm. That's enough time coming. You reckon? Yep. You want to pen us some more? No. There's going to be plenty of content over the next week. You sure? Mm-hmm. You sure they won't be bored? You sure? I'm Here, he sure is. They... <laughs> Here he is. Here he is. Here's Craig Alexander. But the uh, first up interview we've got since we've arrived here is defending champion oh, Craig loving Alexander. It. So welcome along, Craig. Second time on the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. So it's been a um, pretty good season in terms of we've been you know, following the results through the year. I mean, how, how have you judged this season? Plenty of seventy point three victories. Yeah, it's been it's been good. Um, I've yeah won five out of the six I've done. So that's always nice. It can be a bit deceptive too though. Um, some of the races had stacked fields but some of them I guess weren't as competitive so yeah. uh, but no the form's been good you know I guess to win five out of six 70.3s is good and um, more importantly I just think the last few months have been really good. The training's been excellent. I've done a lot of work since sort of mid-July um, and had had one race off all that work in Muskoka against a, a pretty good field up there so I was really been really happy with the training, uh, the preparation and that last race in Muskoka was really good. I think that was a good indicator that my body absorbed all the work um, and, you know, sort of came through the other side unscathed and relatively fresh. And then um, from there, we, I've been over here for three weeks and did a couple of big weeks and now just, yeah, selling into a taper. So I'm um, just really looking forward to Saturday, to be honest. Anything really different this year or is it pretty similar to last year? In terms of the training, it's, it's pretty similar. I mean, I, I always change things year to year, just little things here and there I, you know I don't think you've ever got a perfect recipe and I mean that's half the fun really isn't it just sitting down and planning the season and I don't like to do things the same but predominantly the schedule's been pretty similar a lot of the training's been similar I think 
the main thing that's been different is just a lot more demands on my time from sponsors and um, yes there's been I guess a lot of time management skills that I've needed to develop this year yeah. um, which my wife's really been a great help with to be honest but um, that's really I mean you know just because you win a race or two it doesn't really change who you are you know I'm still dad at home to the kids and um, but uh, I think I guess the way people see you changes a little bit because I've certainly been in, in more demand at the races I've been at and, and with the media and with my sponsors so that's been good it's been good fun to be honest you know I'd say no yeah well I don't like to say no that's I think that's been my biggest problem and I think part of the responsibility of having sponsors is you've got to get them as much coverage as possible. That, that's the whole deal. You know, yeah. People don't just give you money and product and then you disappear. You're so, you know, you've, you've got to hold up your end of the bargain, which is promoting their brand, being a good ambassador for them and, and that kind of thing. So you know, I, I do feel obligated to do most of the media um, that comes my way because I think that's... Do you, do you also feel like, you know, like you've, you've got this opportunity, you know, hopefully you win again this weekend, but, you know, like... Do you want to capitalise on that as much as possible for your future as well? You know what, there has been, that's a good question because there's been a few thought. I mean, it's funny because there's two different perspectives. The athlete perspective is I, I'm just thinking right here and now, the training I have to do, what races, yep. um, set my goals for the year. But, you know, being a dad now and, and also I'm in my mid-30s, so this is not going to go on forever. Certainly there's that aspect of it, you think. You know, at times I've thought during the year, you know, Maybe I might never win another world title. I've been fortunate to win two, and some people never get to win any. So yeah. Yeah, hopefully there's more, but you never know. So you do feel a responsibility to try and capitalise um, and really cash in on you know, why you are the flavour of the month, I guess, and, and really, I guess, make use of the fact that you know, you're in demand and, and try and get a, a presence out there in the media and in the industry. So certainly there's been that aspect I felt obligated to... I guess, like you say, cash in on my five minutes of fame, so yeah. to speak. Do you, at times, have you compromised training? You know what? I, I can honestly say that's one thing that's never... N- no, that, I, I haven't... Because that would be the conflict, wouldn't it? You yeah. Know, where you get to the point where, you're, well, you know, I can make you know, some money doing this, but yeah. I may have to miss today's session. Totally. And you know what? I can honestly say I haven't, I haven't missed a session um, for that reason. So one thing I didn't want to compromise on was, um, you know daddy time at home with the kids and, and on the training and as I said all credit to my wife there because really that's what my day consists of is is being dad and training and then usually when I get home from that Neri's outlined the things I have to do the people I have to email the, the interviews and stuff I have to do so from my end there's not a real lot of organization or or, or time um, yeah. being spent on that I just do it and then it's done so um you know, I, I, one of the things was I, I really didn't want to compromise on the training. For me, the most important thing is the performance and being in my best shape. I don't, you know, I don't just want to you know, win a race and then go on a 12-month testimonial sort of tour, mm. you know, cashing mm. in. And it's important for me to race well this weekend. That's the most important thing. Um, and that's the one thing I've, you know, when things have gotten really busy and I've had to, I guess, prioritise. That's uh, my thing is, I, you know, I don't want to compromise on my time with the kids and I don't yep. want to compromise on my training. So That's I, what I'm doing. Yeah. Else a few people comment, you know, you only do one Ironman per year. Is, is that a decision based around um, finance, you know, in terms of being able to race more regularly with 70.3s or is it sort of based on you think the best way to get ready for Kona each year is to just do one race? Uh, that's a good question too, you know. I, we're full of good questions. Oh, yeah. We're sharp today. I'm loving it. <laughs> you guys are sharper, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, initially, I think people thought that was a strategy, but um, I come from a short course background. I like to race. I like to race a lot. You know, I don't just want to 
do the hard yards all year and only get to race a handful of times. I still like to race 10 or 12 times a year. Mm-hmm. Being based in the US and with the 70.3 circuit, well, being global now, you, you get the opportunity to race a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's good from a, a prize money point of view. I guess from an appearance money point of view, it would be more lucrative to get an mm-hmm. appearance fee and go and do a big Ironman. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that might be on the cards next year or the year after. I, I don't know. I think the thing this year was I, was I was considering doing an early season Ironman, but my wife was pregnant mm-hmm. um, due in late April. So I thought, you know, you know, I certainly wouldn't be the flavour of the month in my household if I, you know, disappeared for three months. You know, yeah. you know, go and do six, seven hours training a day. You know, with a pregnant wife and a three-year-old. So the timing just didn't seem right this year. And our son Austin was born at the end of April, so it just seemed the way things had panned out. It, it seemed like I should just follow the same schedule as last year. Just yeah. do a, a lot of base early in the year, um, get fit. And then I, I raced Geelong and I raced Singapore and raced um, Honu and Boise. And then, yeah, just locked down into some, some solid training. So, do, do you feel an obligation, you know, being the world champion of the sport? Do you feel, oh, maybe I should do one or do you think it's okay? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of funny that the world champion only does one race a year. Yeah, I guess so. I mean... I certainly feel an obligation to the sport to be a good ambassador. Yep. Um, I don't know if that means having to race or not, um, but I, I guess I feel, in, from the from the point of view you're coming from, I feel more of an obligation to my sponsors. Maybe I should race an Ironman for them okay. m- more, more than yep. the sport. I mean, I think certainly, you know, I'm the Ironman world champion. I've been the 70.3 world champion. So, I mean, I'm visible. By racing a lot, mm. I'm visible anyway. Mm. I mean, if I did two Ironmans a year, I probably wouldn't be as visible anyway. And there's a lot of crossover, isn't there? There, there yeah. certainly is, I yeah. think. Um, it's not like you're going to a totally different sport. Exactly, exactly, exactly yeah. right. So I think even when I'm at a 70.3 race, the organisers of that race and the, and the media still you know, publicise the fact that I'm the Ironman world champion. Yeah. I think it's beneficial for their race um, and for and their sport. You could actually argue that doing six halves is better than doing one Ironman because you're actually doing a lot more. Well, you're more visible for, yeah. for sure. And... Yeah. Uh, from a personal perspective, I just like to uh, I like to race a lot, like crushing people. Well, that, that was a question. Yeah, actually, this I, year, mate. Yeah, I, I mean, when you're in a, in a you know you're going head to head with somebody on the run, and you, you know you're thinking this is going to be a tough day at the office. What, are, you, are you thinking more about what you're doing? You're thinking I just want to crush this guy. You know, I want to break away and I want to kill him. Or are you just thinking right, focus on what I've got to do. You know, I think I think the latter. To be honest, yeah. that's why that's probably the boring answer, but. I think that's why I've been so consistent and, and been around a long time is because I don't get personal. I don't take it personally. It's, it's a job, and it's a job I love. It's a passion. It's my passion as well. But I think if you're just racing on hate and fire and brimstone all the time, you're going to run out of steam, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you see, you see it in all sports. I mean, I like to look at other sports. and You look at Federer and Tiger Woods, they're, they're not angry or... You know, yeah. they're just doing the business. They're, they're turning up, and it's as much they're racing themselves or playing themselves as, and setting the benchmark themselves as competing against their competitors. And, and I think that's what our sport's about. Certainly, there's guys you love to beat. Afterwards, mm. you get a lot of satisfaction out of <laughs> rubbing, rubbing a few noses in it. But um, I think when you when I'm training and I'm preparing and when I'm racing, I, I like to focus on what I have to do to cover the ground as quickly as possible. And hating on someone else is not making me go any quicker. What makes me go quicker is I guess paying attention to my own tactics, fueling up properly, getting nutrition in, that kind of thing. I mean, and um, we, we were talking to Armando beforehand, and he was saying how you pretty much just train really, really hard. You've been doing it for so long. How have you been able to look after your body in doing that? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I think another Again. good one. Another good one. Okay, <laughs> you guys are on fire. Right. No. So it's two one. Yeah, give <laughs> no, count. I think you know, honestly, in endurance sports, injury is, is the enemy of an endurance athlete yeah. because consistency of training is what pays dividends in the end. And I think I've been blessed with good biomechanics to start with, but also I've, you know, I'm a qualified physio- physiotherapist. So um, you know, I, I graduated in '98 from Sydney Uni, well, end of '97 really. So. And I, I mean, I, that was my thing before I was a full-time athlete. I was a full-time student. And so, um, you know, I've got a pretty good background in anatomy and physiology. And um, early so you on... you feel your knowledge you have, you're really applied to what you do? Certainly, I, yeah. I think so. And within the training, structuring the sessions, but also, you know, staying healthy as well and keeping your body in good shape. I mean, I start, you know, part of our degree was studying anatomy for two or three years. So I know how the body works. I know how the muscles work. I know how they work optimally too. I know what they need to be in their optimum shape. So, um, and I think when, you know, and even if you've got a short memory, I mean, it's funny because people always say, oh, do you treat yourself as a physio? Or, you know, when people find out I'm a, a I shouldn't say I'm a physio because I've never actually worked. I just have the qualification. <laughs> nice. but, but when people find out I'm a qualified physio, they say, you know, I've got a sore shoulder. And, you know, when you're giving advice, it's different to when you're, giving yourself advice it's like anything I think too you see athletes who become coaches and you think they never used to coach themselves like that you know it's a funny thing you become removed in theory I know how um, you know the proper advice a physiotherapist would give but I think as athletes you've got that mentality where you always want to train and so it's it's a balancing act too because I think the great athletes do train they're not only talented but they train hard or as hard or harder than everyone else as well I mean it's no coincidence that the people who get the best results, I think, work the hardest as well. So, um, you know, you have that mentality. You know you need to, you need to train. You need to do uh, X amount of work. But then also there's that other, you know, the other devil on the other shoulder saying, well, hang on, you know, you've got this is sore or that's sore. You know, you're a little run down. Maybe it should be a recovery day. So um, it certainly can't help to have all that knowledge, though. I think, I think it, it only helps uh, when I'm writing the programs and, you know, when I'm in the middle of a big block, there's a difference between being really tired and about to, you know, being yeah. fatigued and about to get injured. Yeah. And I think I recognise that difference. So, we had a, um, a discussion on the show a few weeks ago about if um, somebody like Felix or Challenge or some other race put a million bucks up on the line on the same day as Kona somewhere else in the world, which race pros would go to? Would, uh, do you, I mean, do you think mm. think the value of winning Kona is going to be? You know more than say a short-term million dollars, or which way do you think most pros would go? I can't say which way most pros would go. I, I would come here. Yeah, I think it's the Why? it's the world championships, and um, I mean throughout my career, I've had the, I've had the opportunity to change sponsors a lot of times for more money, or but I mean I like to stick with the same sponsors that I've been with for a long time because I think there's good recognition there. People know who my sponsors are without having to you know ask me or go to the website or whatever and do you want to say hello lucy you can say hello <laughs> we're recording <laughs> say hello say hello Who? who's going to win the race Who on saturday it's okay we're, we're casual about this okay, cool. <laughs> um so you, you think you'd, you'd do kind of I, I would come here because it's 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 the world championships hello. and hello. this is the race that our our sport was built on so yeah. you know there's i think we've seen in the history in other sports you know in the history of other sports, people have come in and put on 
breakaway leagues or breakaway whatever, but at the end of the day... They never take off, do they? Yeah, well, not really. There's always short-term, mm. I guess, gain when you throw that much money at something. And you know what? I would, I would never knock another athlete who decided to go mm. to yep. that race because in our sport, we're, you know, I think it's fair to say compared to the rugby unions and the crickets and you know, in America, the NFL and the Major League Baseball, we're a second-tier sport in terms of money and income. So I would never knock an athlete who decided to go and... I mean, everyone... By definition, that's what a professional athlete does. They make money. Mm. So any athlete who chose to go to where it would be who was offering the money, I'd say more power to you. Off you go, and I hope you do well. So, But for me personally, I, I would come here, yeah. So last year you won it. You know, obviously a huge motivation because you got second the year before. Are you more motivated to defend your title than what you were last year coming into it? It's different. I, I don't know. I, it's hard. I, I keep trying to think back to what, how I felt 12 months ago, but... I mean, in my mind, I think it, there must have been a lot of pressure last year. Well, there must have been a lot of pressure in 07 because I came in as the reigning 70.3 world champion. So I think I would have put pressure on myself because I would have expected to do well. And then when I finished second in 07, I'm sure coming back the year after, I would have thought, you know, I mean, and whilst I look back at 07 and on a personal level, it was a, it was a great achievement and one of my fondest memories in the sport the race itself, I made a lot of mistakes, as you do when you're a rookie. Yeah. Um, there's, you can talk to as many people as you like, but there's, there's certain things you only learn by, by doing the race yourself. So after 07, I, I figured out what training had worked, what was a waste of time, what nutrition worked, what hadn't worked. and So I think going into last year, there was some pressure because I thought, even if I'm not physically as fit, I should at least be able to match that performance with the experience I've gained. So I think there was pressure, internal pressure from myself to at least match what I'd done in 07 because I felt I'd learn a lot from that yep. first one so I thought you know unless I'm a complete idiot I should have learned something from that and that should translate into a better result this year yeah it's different I mean I think you might assume there'd be a lot of pressure I mean for me I just think I feel I, I really I don't want to get to the start line and think my preparation hasn't been what it should be or you know, I, I started planning for this day a long time ago, so I feel my preparation's been good, my training's been been great, um, and I like to control the things that I can, and that's one of the things I can control. So, I, you know, I'll be on the start line on Saturday thinking, I, I think I've done everything I can. I've, I've left no stone unturned in terms of physical preparation, mental preparation, recovery, looking after my body, minimising the travel. Um, you know, I feel really fresh for this time of year, considering all the work I've done. Um, but ready to rumble. Yeah, I, I feel I'm ready to rumble. For me, it's important just to have a great performance, whether that's first or fifth. Mm. If I can walk away at the end of the day and say, I'm really proud of, of what I did today, certainly, you know, when you've won something, it never feels quite the same or quite as good unless you replicate that. Because, you know, when you're the winner, everyone wants to talk to you, all the sponsors are interested, and there's a lot of hype. And, you know, it's hard not to get high on that. It's a great feeling when you, you know, you're the person in demand. It's a question. So you've, you've experienced that a lot, I imagine, through your career, and you've kind of been a winning athlete. But have you had the periods where you haven't been winning so much? And how do you find that? Because, you know, you get all the attention and there's a lot of an attraction to being a winner. And mm. then when you have those tough times, those down times, have you handled those? I think they're good for you. I yeah. think they, they, they harden you up because it's like they say, you learn who your friends are. And I mean, I never take anything personally. I know this is a business at the end of the day. Sponsors want you to sell their product. That's yep. the bottom line. Yep. And as soon as you're not, they don't think you're a great avenue for moving their product. Yep, they're going to move on. They're going to move on. And I've never taken things like that personally. I think um, 
that helps you through the, the times when, I mean, I've, I've had some lean times. I mean, after I won Lifetime Fitness in 05, I got glandular fever. So I was in great form, obviously, because I'd won the biggest short course race in the world that year. And then I, I really couldn't capitalize on that great form because I got sick and I had to take two or three months off. And the same in 02, I got the chicken pox, which I'd never had as a kid. So I missed the Commonwealth Games trials for Manchester that year. And that was pretty tough to take. But I think you just need to accept that's our sport. It's, it's, and that's life too. I mean, there's peaks and troughs. I'm sure if you're in business, you'd have years where your bottom line was awesome and other years when the economy's not as good. And I think it makes you reevaluate things. And it's always good just to, I think, do that little self-analysis of things on track. You know, and everything can happen for a reason too. I mean, I remember in 02 when I got the chicken pox and the doctor said to me, you know, it'll probably be at least four months before you're back training properly. And I'm, I missed both Commonwealth Games trials, which were also the World Championships trials that year, so I missed Worlds as well. And Neri, my wife, kept saying, yeah, it could be a blessing. And it ended up being a blessing because, because I wasn't on the Commonwealth Games team or the World Championships team. Our federation said, well, we can't guarantee you a World Cup start. Um, fair enough, too. They were going to give um, precedence to the people who were actually on those teams. So I thought, well, as a professional athlete, I need to make money. So I went to the U.S., and that was the first year I went to the U.S. in 02. And... Um, had a pretty good season. I got second in LA, third in Chicago, won a whole bunch of races, and um, I think I had 14 podiums out of 17 races over there that year. So it ended up being a blessing. As much as I wanted to represent my country at the Commonwealth Games and the World Championships, I had to find something else to do, um, and that's what I did. And going to the US in 02, that's led me down this path eventually. So, you know, you can sit and whinge and bitch about, oh, why me, woe is me, why has this happened? But I think... If you look back, every athlete in any sport has ups and downs. They get injuries, and you just have to overcome it and find something else to do. You can sit around and, and whinge and bitch about it, or you can find something else to do and, and make use of your time in another way. it also one. prepares you for the afterlife too, doesn't it? You yeah. Because you, know, you only do this for a certain period of time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, life's just not all ups and ups. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think sport is a good lesson for that too. I mean, you have to do, deal with the success as well as the failure. Mm. The big test though, tonight or tomorrow night, I'm going to try the Craig Alexander bean pasta special. Currently <laughs> featured a try. The photo wasn't so flash. And if it's, yeah. not, if it's not up to the mustard, cup, doesn't cut the mustard, there's going to well, be some problems. Well, I'll have to I'll have to come clean, boys. That is obviously one of the commitments that pass through to the keeper and my wife's taking care of that without my knowledge yeah without my knowledge but I will say that is it's one of my mum's recipes which my wife has adopted and yeah it's not a bad feed cool <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much for giving us so much of your time today we know you've got a lot of commitments this week and uh, we'll look forward to cheering you on on Saturday yeah. just one quick one how fast do you reckon you could do a marathon on? fresh marathon fresh marathon well, if I was going to do a fresh marathon, I'd totally train for yeah, it. Yeah, I would. I'd train specifically for it. I, I don't know. I've run a 64, 65-minute half. So I don't know. It's a different thing, though, because when you're running 26 miles, you've got to go out at that pace. Mm. It's, it's a tough. It's a, I don't know. I mean, I'm amazed. I love the marathon. It's one of my favorite events to watch. I mean, now the world record under 204 is just yeah, obscene. That's crazy, eh? It's obscene. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think I'd get under 220. Yeah. I'd like to think I could. If you can run a 65-minute half marathon, then mm. I think that translates to... But I'd have to certainly up the mileage and, and change my training, yeah, because, mm. I mean, I, I don't want to say one of the benefits of running a marathon off the bike, cause I, but one of the things, once you've ridden 112 miles, then you have to hop off and run a marathon. You can't go out too quick. Mm. You know, you, you've already accumulated a little bit of fatigue and... Um, 
Just, just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think running a marathon would be tough because the gun goes off and, and you watch those guys, they go out at sub three minute pace and, and they hold it the whole way through. So What did Mark Allen run, run when he tried to do it? He, I think he only ran like a 226 from memory or yeah. 228. Yeah. So, but once again, he tried. He was trying to, qual- I think, run an Olympic qualifier. So he went out with the leaders and I think he blew yeah. a little bit. So yeah. I think he was on pace to run well under 220. Yeah. But he, he just... That 30, 30, yeah. 35K yeah. mark. Which I imagine would be would be tough if you've you know you've held that pace for the first thirty or thirty five k, you know the playhouse can come toppling down pretty quick. <laughs> what will you do when you finish Ironman, sport wise? Um, I'll surf. I'll play a bit of golf. I fancy myself as a golfer. Um, Tiger. I only play once a year, but um, one day I'll be able to break one hundred and twenty. I reckon. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think it'll be time for me to, you know, give back to the family a little bit, and and I, I'm be quite happy to take the kids to their soccer games or softball games or whatever and you know my wife likes paddling skis and, and used to row a surf boat back in the day so I'm sure you know if I've got my you know all hands on deck around the house and I'm not out training all the time she can get back into a bit of paddling and mm. so um yeah it might be a bit, it might be family uh turn to choose what they're going to do and I'll just have to go along for yeah. the ride yeah. Awesome. All the best for Saturday. Hey, good luck, mate. Thanks for your give, time. It, give it your best. Kick some butt. Thanks, guys. We'll be cheering on the sidelines. Awesome. Cool. So there was Craig Alexander, and uh, he was a bloody good interview, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, great was questions. Good. That's right. <sighs> Unbelievable questions. Unbelievable. John and I are actually in the room right now, and we've both farted, and it's hot in this room, and we don't have air conditioning, so it's not a good. It's not good, Very is it? Very hot. <laughs> we both got our tops off, <laughs> sweating like oh, like uh, pigs. So yeah. anyway, interview number two coming up. Yvonne Van Schlurken, Schmurken, Schmurken. And we can do that now. Because we're mates. We are tight. We are tight. They, they, her partner and Thomas and her have just been absolutely fantastic. So we Took were up to a new level. They really did. We went out to their place for, they've got this beautiful location. We talked about that at the beginning of the interview. And uh, they actually, we stayed there for a few hours. They put on dinner for us. And Thomas can cook, can he? He can. He can cook. And uh, so it was really good to sit down with Yvonne. And don't worry, team, we do talk to her about the shower scene. Here we go. Here we go. Here it is. Make a loud noise. Righty ho. So second on the interview list today is last year's runner-up in the female race on debut, Yvonne Van Vlerken. Have I pronounced that right this time? Yeah, you're doing Very good, job. Yeah. And I'm loving Yvonne today because Yvonne, first of all, they've taken us to this beautiful location. The sunset's going down over the water in, in this beautiful home, but she said my voice is sexy, and so I love you, Yvonne. Hey. So good, we have a sexy voice and a sunset. I yeah. don't know what that will. <laughs> Goodness. Right, okay. <laughs> and I've got a glass of wine, so I'm pretty happy So as it could well. be dangerous. So, Yvonne, I mean, last year was, um, I mean, on debut, second place, how happy were you with the race? I mean, were you here to win or were you absolutely stoked with second place? Or how did you feel about your race? Um, yeah, before the race I said I would want to go like top 10. So for me to become second in your first Kona, that's just amazing. And I think it will be hard to top that this mm-hmm. year. So I will do my best. But of course, I was really happy with that. Uh, were you surprised? Like, were you, you know, did you think you could pull off that, that place or was it a bit of a shock to you? No, it was quite a shock because, you know, I came out of the water in one hour and six minutes. Yeah. So I heard that I was like 36 women. And I know I'm a good biker and a pretty good runner. So I thought, well, I just, race isn't over yet. Wait, I yeah. will do my thing and then we will see. So, yeah. And, and I mean, um, you talked about your swim there and you come from a Jabathlon background. Have you made changes to your swim this year or is it going better, the same, worse? 
worse? <laughs> oh, don't hope so. No, uh, actually, I, I don't want to uh, be too positive, but my swim has improved. And I, I had the feeling that it had improved a couple of times, but this time it's really, it's for sure that I have improved. And most important thing is that I feel comfortable in the water, so I'm not um, afraid anymore. Yep. Like last year when I was swimming here, I was thinking about sharks all the time. And Thomas <laughs> even freaked out. He did the race seven times and uh, he never thought about a shark, but he could feel my... Yep, so my, teeth, my yeah. yeah, so he said, well, can't you just stop with thinking about sharks? But he, because he was freaking out as yeah. well. So, and I, I just think about dolphins now and I feel pretty good in the water. And I So for you, a lot of it's about feeling comfortable with it. And if you feel comfortable, you'll swim better. Uh, when I feel comfortable and I'm not afraid, then my breathing is much better and I'm more relaxed and I'm floating on the water and my swimming is just much better. Oh, great. So I'm a good swimmer in the pool, actually. Okay. It's just when I go in the open water, it's... Mm. Yeah. So did, have you changed your swim program at all this year, like in, in the pool, or has it pretty much just been on the same path you've been on for the last few years? Uh, no, when we trained with uh, Mark Allen, we did a lot of uh, different uh, swim sessions, and I think uh, my partner and I both learned from that. And we did some more open water swimming as well the the last uh, couple of months, so Great. that helps a lot. And swimming in a, like in a, in, in a group, I yep. swam in a group in Austria, and I know that when I lived in the Netherlands, I swam with a group, and it always improves my swim, so I think I should be better this year. Great. Great. I've got a question which is not triathlon related. We're, why do we call it the Netherlands or Holland? What's the, what's the do you call it? Call it no, the it's the same. The so Netherlands, Holland. Yeah. Nederland. There's not one yeah. that's that. What is the one that's preferable? No, it's it's okay. You have two. You can say what you want. You have two. Yeah, <laughs> nice. you have two. We're a good country. We're yeah. a great country. You have two. Dutchies are good. We're special. <laughs> we we're, we're talking before um, we started here about different athletes having different preparation for the race in terms of arriving in Kona. Um, some people haven't arrived. Some people have been here for a month. What's your what what's your preparation coming into the race? Uh, my partner Thomas and I train in Lake Tahoe for four weeks and as I told you before I, I really love the place because it's nice and quiet and when you love the nature it's the perfect place to train. Um, it's on altitude so it's like uh, two kilometers that's 6,400 yep. feet. Yep. So we did that last year and it worked out pretty well for both of us. Thomas had some experience in 2005 and had a good race then so that's why we choose to do our uh, last hard weeks over there and from there it's just an easy flight to here and three hour time difference so for us that works so cool oh, do you, you notice the difference you know you came second in Kona last year so that instantly brings you into the awareness of the Ironman community do you notice the difference of pressure on you this year leading into this race um, I think I did a good job in only becoming second in Ironman Frankfurt because took a bit <laughs> of the pressure off did it yeah it, do it does Okay, because well. I think when I would have won that race and would have been European Championships, I would have had more pressure. Okay. And the only thing that for me that I really see that's different is that when I'm running on a lead drive and also when I wear things that I normally don't wear, that people recognize me. Oh, so, okay. But that's the only difference. I don't feel a lot of more pressure than maybe when, mm. I, when I feel more pressure, then it's the pressure that I put on myself. Okay. So, yep. yeah. So, so tell us about your year. You got second in Frankfurt. Um, what other races have you done and, and how have they gone? Uh, I think my best race this year was the European Championships uh, Duathlon, the Powerman. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was in my home country in the Netherlands. I did that race for seven years in a row. I had my best time ever and became European nice. champion. So I did a two hour 57 minutes 
and it's the fastest time ever on a cool. on a power band distance from a girl. Really? So, but you know, I would have loved to have the same shape in Frankfurt, but mm. I didn't. So what, what, I had what happened in Frankfurt? Um, yeah, what happened in Frankfurt? <laughs> the big question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what happened. You know, you learn the most from races like that that don't go as smooth as you're used yeah. to. So. Um, my form was, I think, a little bit. I was over okay. my my big form that I had in April. Yeah, and it's a little bit too late down the Yeah, place. and besides that, I made I, myself. I made some mistakes with my. Um, how do you say that? You're eating your nutrition. nutrition sorry, that's yeah. the word. Yes, I can tell you in German and Dutch. <laughs> nutrition. So I lost uh, about almost yes, yeah, say three kilos, so eight pounds, uh, and so. I just didn't have the pressure on the bike as I. Normally you, have. So. Do you change your nutrition much between, say, Kona and Frankfurt, or, or, or a no. non-hot race? No, we don't. No? no, it's almost the same. Cool. Um, well, no, let's tell us about your Kona day. So, next couple of days, you've got all the media attention. You've got, you know, the event, and then how do you mentally prepare yourself through that? I have a lot of things that I always do. That's like a ritual, oh, so okay, I so will just stick to that. Yeah, yeah. I have like. You will laugh. You, you promise you won't laugh. Okay, I'll try my okay. best. Okay. I have a Walkman, so that's not an iPod or yeah, a yeah, CD yeah, well, spiel. I have I'm, a Walkman. I'm already disappointed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and I have a cassette, and I listen to that cassette like a couple really? of times the week before Can you prior still get to the race. That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm actually a little bit afraid. Thomas promised me to put it on my iPods or put it on a CD because I'm actually afraid that it will oh, break yeah, and I can't yeah, race when it's break when it's broken. I can't race. That's for sure. Yeah. So that cassette is really important for me. It sounds stupid. Yep. And I almost know it by heart, so I know what the what the guy on the cassette will tell really? me. <laughs> it's just I need the cassette, and uh, besides that, I have a couple of other strange rituals. So yep. I don't know if I should tell them all, <laughs> but uh, I have a couple. I will go to the race a couple of times and just I can see everything on the road so when yeah. there's like a hole on LE drive I will know where, where it is so you can ask so me I, yeah I, I'm really good at stuff like that so, so I think that's you like the strength. knowledge of the race yeah I do yeah. that's why we were here training for six weeks in uh, December and January yep. to look at the course and swim on the course and just find out I always do that for big races yep. but of course Hawaii isn't besides the door so we just yeah do you, do you get nervous? Are you a nervous person before the race, like the morning of the race? Um, I'm I'm quite easy the days heading to the race, but in the morning, Thomas can tell you I'm really bad, so I yep. will uh, see... green. No, no tears. I will <laughs> see, like, green and I can't eat, and I will always call my uh, sports physician because I have diarrhea or I have yep. some other troubles. Yep. <laughs> he will know he's expecting really? my yeah. phone call. <laughs> so. call. Yeah. yeah, so but further, I think I do pretty well yep. before the day's heading because I know how to shut down and I, I do my meditation stuff and yep. the guy on the cassette helps me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Is yeah. that, um, you, know, you talk a lot about your meditation and and thinking about the race and lots of the nature and so on is that something Mark Allen's helped you with at all um, I think that's what's pushed me to Mark Allen because he's actually similar. he has a lot yeah he's mm. quite similar when I look at myself he of course knows much more and he's much better in all that stuff but I, I yeah it's just a part of me and I feel good when I do that and I think it's it should be a part of every athlete because um, to keep yourself in balance you know mm -hmm. you're 
like training so hard and always at the other side. So to to keep it in balance, you should have a lot of quiet times for yourself. And yeah. We were talking before we did the interview, we were talking about this new coaching kind of setup you have. Um, do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Uh, yeah, my boyfriend and I um, decided after Frankfurt that um, I wanted to have uh, my contact with my former trainer, Mario Huis, yep. back. He did, a, of course, he did a great job with last year breaking the world record and getting me to a second place here yeah. in uh, in Kona. And I just, um, yeah, it maybe sounds stupid. I, I missed him, you know. Uh, he speaks my uh, own language. So, of course, that yeah. makes a big difference. It's much easier to... Ha- uh, yeah, just talk about the yeah. training and everything. And besides that, he lives in Austria as well, just okay. like us. Yep. So there isn't any time difference. And uh, Mark is a great trainer. We just had a little problem with the time difference. And, yeah. you know, I'm not that long in this sport, so I'm kind of unsure. So, for example, when I have a hard week and I feel tired from last day, I want to, and I feel tired and I want to know, okay, is that good? Should I do this today? Yep. I want to call my coach. And he has yeah. to be there. Yeah. He yeah. has to be there at that moment. Yep. And Mark is just a uh, too sweet guy to call him awake middle in the night. Yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't work, you know. Yeah. So I think we have the perfect team now. So Thomas with handling almost everything He's like around. He's the manager of the team. Yeah, he yep. does everything. And uh, then we have Mario as our head coach yep. and Mark as our like advisor. Yeah, advisor. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost the perfect and it does team. feel really good for you as the athlete? yeah it, it feels really good. good i think it's perfect like this cool yeah. great. great is there from last from last year's race is other than the swim is there any other aspects of the race that that you think you could have done better or you've maybe worked on uh of course i learned from last year it was my first race and i think you can do this race you you will improve in this race when you learn how to nice. race this one because yeah. it's a hard one uh, i think i can improve on the run yeah. Especially on the run because I was a little bit afraid going into the marathon with the heat and I'm mm. not used to that and I just kept it back a little bit so I went out too slow yeah. and I will go out a little bit faster this year and just Drop try the to... the hammer! How yeah. do you traditionally go in the heat? Pretty good. You do? So you, you can't yeah. handle the heat normally? I had a great Ironman 70.2 in Singapore for I think it was in... It was three years ago. Yeah, and I even ran faster than the other. I had the fastest run time, and Christian Wellington was there. And wow. I think we ran the car fray. And yeah, so yeah. I had So you don't mind the heat? No, I'm good in the heat. I'm small, and yep. I will have a, a beautiful white suit. So yep. that will yep. keep we'll the heat away. We'll be talking about that later. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you think about day, you know, on the competitive side of things, you're looking at the field. What are you thinking about in regards to the other athletes? Uh, as I said before, I think the, um, the field is stronger than last year. Yep. Um, there are a lot of, uh, when I only look at the women, of course, there are a lot of girls that are coming from different distances, and like Katrina Morrison, for example. Yeah. I know her pretty well from the duathlon background. Yep. So as I was a surprise, like going into Ironman and being a good Ironman athlete, I think she can do the same. Yep. And of course, there's Miranda Carfrey. Yep. She will be... Uh, think the black horse like I how do you mm. call that uh, yeah, that's, that's dark, right dark, dark, dark horse sorry dark horse, <laughs> dark dark horse. Dark, yeah. so <laughs> yeah you know you can talk about it for like uh, half an hour with the naming all the girls it's just amazing I think there are around 30 girls that w- that can go top 10 so it will yeah. be it will be tight yeah. what about the Chrissy factor you know like it's you know she seems to have this aura around her at the moment and she's almost unbeatable she's almost like this this presence that's so far ahead is, is that put you are you afraid of that or is that an exciting challenge or do you think she is crackable or 
Um, I think she is crackable. <laughs> she yep. has, of course, she has, like last year in Conan, she had an amazing day because when you look at the times and the time Especially difference the between yeah. us, yeah. then the hole is pretty big. But when you look at, for example, in Rot, um, they this year they had the best circumstances that you can yeah. ever have. Yeah. And people told me, and I can count as well, so I would have done like around 8.37, 8.38 yeah. as well. Yeah. So when you look, then it's only six minutes. So yeah. she is beatable because when when she has maybe a little less day, you have a great day, then you're really close. Yeah. Then she will feel yeah. your breath. Yeah. So, you know, the difference of about five minutes, six minutes, it's, it's, that's it's a whole close. way different yeah. than the 50 minutes like last year here in Kona. It is interesting. One thing that's interesting about Chrissy is that she's kind of dominated so much. We haven't seen her in that race where she's been really put under pressure. Yeah. To actually mm. see how she, you know, like she, you know, she's an amazing athlete. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, she may dominate in that moment, but it'd be interesting to see where. Uh, yeah, it could be. I know uh, for myself when I uh, like from the duathlon when you go out on the first run and you're already leading and hopping yeah. on the bike, your race is going so smooth and going so relaxed, and it's a whole way different when you have a couple of girls running beside you so mm. it will it mentally it's much tougher when you know mm. that there are girls really chasing you when you come out of the swim next to her she'll be she'll be worried yeah. <laughs> i think when i would come out of the swim beside the girls they will go crazy yeah that's for sure because yeah like last year i couldn't even see them i went up that uh Kowakini. yeah, yeah is that Kowakini, the Kowakini yeah. highway and they came down, you know. <laughs> when you are just behind them, yeah, they would, of course. You know, I dream about that, that I come out of the water, really? like, maybe two minutes behind the big pack of girls and that they come down there and they see, oh, well, shit, that can't be. That's not Yvonne, can't be. <laughs> so that's, like, a little dream. And I will I will come there one day. I don't know this year, but then it will. I will come back next year and they will see me yeah. close Yeah. So, so what's the them. goal for, for Cite? Do you have a, a set goal in mind? I don't like the question. I don't like that question. You know, there are a lot of people that would love me, uh, that would love to see me winning. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, you know, my goal last year, I said I wanted to go top 10. Yeah. So for this year, I would really love to go top three. Okay. And we will see what the day brings. Yep. We wish you very very good luck for the day and hope you have fun out there. And but, but I do have to bring up one more thing. We're, and we've got the man here. We're going to talk so to Thomas. We're, to, we're going to get Thomas involved in this one a little bit. Actually, come around here, Thomas, because a few months ago on the show, you actually go behind Yvonne here so we can get you in. Okay, okay. So a few months ago on the show, we got we got an email through from someone saying, you've got to check out this YouTube clip. And and we went on there and John and I got a little bit excited. And, and it's fair to say that it's obvious why. And apparently you were the mastermind behind this, this clip. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, Yvonne had this beautiful new white suit and to show how good it was you took her in the bathroom and got her to wet herself in the bathroom yeah, well, yes, I and mean, I'm sure a few people got wet while they were watching it. Yeah, well, it was pretty, pretty funny. You know, some guy slapped me for the video, and the other ones, uh, especially sponsors, some sponsors said it was a great idea to do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, obviously, we got we got the proof that sex sells. Yeah. But, but this was not the, really the idea behind it. Uh, Yvonne mentioned her white suit all the time, yeah. and she was so happy with her new white suit, And but she was worried about if it was a look-through when, you, when it's getting wet, which yeah. is for sure happening in an Ironman. Yep. So she was mentioning uh, testing it back home in the shower. She has to test it. So finally, when we came back home, I said, come on, people want to see the test. <laughs> you don't want, you, they want to they hear you talking about the test. They want to actually see it. So 
she went in the shower and she did the test. It was not just a, a fake makeup. She tested and I said, I'm, I'm going to film it. And if it's good, we just put it online and people can see that you're not just we're talking about testing. And, and, and we were pretty taken by surprise when we saw the hits because yeah, uh, it was an internet sensation, it, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was in every <laughs> forum and everywhere. And uh, yeah, the only thing I was worried about is you know when you put something on YouTube and you watch it afterwards they're coming some other suggestions you, wa you yeah. want to watch so mostly <laughs> there were like wet t-shirt contests and this contest and girls that were not very much uh, uh, they had no much clothes on on the top so they all had other size breasts than me that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the thing you know but uh, I mean it was especially uh, Jürgen Kricke of Feltech. He found it a very good, and they even put it on their website. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So they knew it was a fun thing. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to make a... a, a and let's be honest, a, the Dutchies, are, you're liberal, aren't you, Dutchies? Yeah, It was not a, a private soft porn no, uh, that we put online. It was really like a fun thing. There's so. nothing to see, so I trained it all off, so <laughs> you can't see anything. <laughs> well, we quickly got you here. You're, you're, you're a pretty decent Man athlete yourself. How do you m manage being a um, you know second to your partner? Oh well, it's, it's a very good question. When I met Yvonne, I was uh, like the the amateur star in in, in my family. I was yep. married when when I met Yvonne, and uh, yes. Yeah, so, so then slowly, I, I mean, when we met, she we were just in love, and she came to yep. Austria, and we were thinking about she might do aerobics uh, in in a studio in Austria so like to get a job and something. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then she raised Roth in yep. 2007, and, and I helped her, and also Mario helped her with that. Uh, and she did that great race, so it was clear what to do. And, and then later on, I decided to become her, uh, to become a professional manager because I did that for myself for, for all the years. But then I went through, it was like a metamorphosis, so it was a slow development. 2007, we raced very hard together in many races, and in 2008, it got more serious. So we, Ivan wanted to do the, the world record. And then came an injury. Uh, I was injured. And this maybe made things a little easier last year because I didn't do any races. So you could uh, actually step away. Yeah, I could step away a little bit. But now sometimes, to be honest, I'm struggling a little bit with the fact that I'm on the second place, of course. But yeah. uh, I mean, I'm also uh, realistic. Um, I love my racing. And on the other hand, I'm very realistic that I will never win this race. Yep. But maybe with my knowledge that I uh, have gathered through the years I can help Yvonne uh, yeah. winning, winning it and that will mean just maybe maybe even more for me than if I win it myself because uh, it's so, so beautiful to see her and she's such a uh, uh, I say always she's a whole athlete because she's not just a good athlete she's also good uh, she, she's still good she's still a woman and a person and this is what we try to do w with that white soup for example this is a thing that I'm really concerned of I want to have Yvonne as a female athlete. Yep. I don't want to have a fighting machine out there. Uh, and many people, if you look at some pictures, there's sometimes not perfect. But if you're, uh, I think it's very important that that our f female athletes still stay very female. Yep. Uh, it shouldn't fall behind uh, getting the the results to to look like a, as I say, like a machine. Yeah. So this is something that that I think is very something I'm looking at and. And it fulfills me with a lot of satisfaction when I'm doing my job well. So yep. I think I'm, if I step away from racing actively, 
I can I will handle it yeah. and, and I will be yes. happy to maybe not just help Yvonne but maybe get mm. some more in the pool and well that's something I'd struggle with and you probably struggle with as well eh? you know going from being the the um sorry um, being slowing down a little yeah slowing down and also just kind of maybe giving up your dream and in, in the hope of this partner having the same dream eh mm. Yeah. Okay. Hey, well, guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been awesome, and uh, good luck on Saturday. You know, like we hope you kick some butt out there, and we'll be out there yelling for you. <laughs> Talk to you at the press conference po- after the race. Yeah, yeah, I hope to. Oh, yeah, that was my goal. I hope to manage it because last year I, I, I should go there, but I was so so done and so ill, and I was puking, so I didn't. I never got there. <laughs> so that was my goal. To when you're top three, you have to we'll go see there, you there. So yeah. And now we will enjoy, enjoy the nice sunset if we oh, see one. That's very good. Excellent. Thank so you we're going to enjoy the sunset, time. guys. Okay. Uh, thanks. thanks, guys. Awesome. <laughs> Still sweating, John. Still sweating. It's, it's good. So what they put on for dinner? What did they put on? We had a bit of fish. We had a beautiful bit of uh, aubergine sliced up with some seeds in their fry-up. That was fantastic. And then the, the veggies the were beautiful. Veggies, the fish was, but there was one thing. John Newsom, it's opened your eyes to a new world, hasn't it? Soybeans. Soybeans. Boiled, <laughs> boiled soybeans with salt on it. I thought they were just like, um, you know, your regular beans. Yeah. So, so John puts one in his mouth. Just start chewing away and I go, oh, it's a little chewy. <laughs> and everybody's looking at me. I uh, one out. Yvonne and Thomas found that quite funny indeed. Yeah. Um, don't eat the skins on soybeans. Don't eat the skin on soybeans. But you'll be making those up yourself, won't oh, you? Yeah. You're quite impressive with them, weren't Tasty. you? John and I were both... The problem with John and I, when it comes to food, we don't have many manners, do we? And we discreetly kept picking at them, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, that stopped. But- so, so day one. Now we know we're a little bit late on this getting this out to you guys, but it's uh, such as life. We are uh, we pretty we've pretty much been working all day getting interviews sorted out. We're actually going to do an interview. It's what eight eight o'clock at night here, and we're actually going to do another interview now, which we'll put out tomorrow. But we thought we'd get a show out to you guys today. So um, we also actually had a big chat with Thomas uh, off the record after the race, and we talked to a few other people today about off the record topics and. Uh, be fair, WTC look like they're doing some really good things coming up yep. um, in regard to prize money, drug testing, off the questions we often ask. And yep. uh, so we, we know we, we talked to quite a few people today and they're doing some good things. So thumbs up for WTC on a number of fronts. Have we got any gossip we can share? Do no, we, not really. Can we talk about that no, young? No, no. I don't think we can talk about oh. the bike ride. Someone's going to go, okay, let's put it this way. We're not going to tell you who. Somebody, a British person, is going to go try to go very fast. Well, I think bike. you just gave it away. <laughs> But what we also did today, we went out for our group ride with a few of the Epic Camp boys and a couple of the Iron Man. Okay, so here's what happens. We turn up to this ride. You're doing Iron Man this week, John. If you're doing Iron Man this week, what, do you, what does the coach tell you? You go out for a 70 to 90 minute steady ride on Tuesday. Okay, so you know, maybe 70, maybe 90, maybe a little bit long, but. 90's okay. 90's okay. Tuesday, not racing until Okay, so when you go along this ride, what kind of intensity? Let's go 1 to 10, John. What are you sitting on? You go steady, which is, you know, just below or at Iron Man pace. And 1 to 10. Six and a half. So for about the first five k, while I, while somebody's on the front, you no, that's not true, John Newsom. You weren't in the front of the stage. You're at the back with me. We're cruising along, and we get on a lead drive. And who decides to go to the front, John Newsom? I do. Coach John Newsom. What did John Newsom do? A steady pace. He did not lay you down. Cannot a tell pace. me that was faster than Ironman pace. That was. I think for a few people there, John. I told people do their own intensity. Yeah, I'm come riding, on, John. I'm riding steady. Come on. And who else was at the front? Mike Montgomery. Yeah, when he went to the front, things got a little out of control. Well, I think that you helped encourage that behaviour. No, I did not. Did you see how he was pulling away and I was dropping back, letting the pack stay with me? Yeah, I don't believe I you. I was irresponsible. I was a little bit disappointed in your behaviour, John. Yeah. You're meant to be the adult here. No. 
you know people need to grow I'm not, I'm not out there on race day people need to grow up and just go well this is not the correct well, place I think they did do it and that's where we left you sit by yourselves <laughs> <laughs> so we got to about half an hour of riding and maybe a little bit longer than that and John and Mike were well up the road and we're like you know what we're turning around and they were like <laughs> two metres behind us but you see that's your mistake you made Mike angry and Mike doesn't angry Mike is not convinced <laughs> he comes bolting past me and goes attacks up to you guys and then and lays the hammer on again yeah and I'm thinking to myself, cheap is bad. If I took an Ironman this weekend, I'd be in trouble. Oh, come on. So what have you been the highlights of day one, mate? Uh, some warm weather is nice. Oh, we are wet. It's a little bit too hot. Um, well, it's not so hot. No, when you're out there, it doesn't feel that bad. It's just when you stop, that's when we start just pouring with sweat. Yeah. Chopping back a little bit of the coffee, with the, having a bit of a chin wag with the fellas after the Well, the problem ride. was after the bike ride, because it's so hot, I didn't have any water. So I went back, and I must have had like... 10 cups of coffee mm. I was chopping it back mm. but then luckily John saved the day and got me some water mm. I was happy with that so it was all good and yeah. some good interviews Albinator's looking pretty sharp everybody's looking pretty sharp everyone is looking sharp aren't they but that's one of the things I think often when you look really sharp and people think you're looking in amazing shape you've often gone that little bit too far so you yeah. think Albinator's gone too far well we'll wait and see on Saturday I don't think he is I think, no. he's, I think it's his day yeah. so I think it's on like yeah. Donkey Kong so we've heard some good gossip but we can't share all gossip with you guys unfortunately. but is there any we can share uh, can we share the Chrissy theory we can probably share that we don't have to name names yeah okay so one theory that's going around and Chrissy probably listens to the show so Chrissy I'm sure you'd love to respond but one theory that's going around is that Chrissy maybe this year maybe this is the year that Chrissy may lose because people are looking at her and thinking well she's going to win it for the next 10 years she's absolutely awesome athlete she's not you know like come on Chrissy's just a league above but the thing is is without a coach word on the street is that sometimes she's been doing some sessions that if you had a coach they'd go to you you know what maybe you don't want to do that session today and so maybe because she's training without a coach and this isn't our thinking it's just the word on the street that maybe this year is the one year where she maybe could make a mistake Mm that could hurt her in the race. Mm. And so no one really doesn't think that she's not going to win, mm. but if, the, if there's any year where she's vulnerable, pff, this could be the year. It's be interesting. My prediction yeah. is she'll probably still win. But it might be a bit closer. Yeah, so... The interesting thing will be if she, she's never had to race anybody. She's always been off the phone. Yeah, we were saying that with Yvonne, weren't we? And if, if somebody puts her under pressure and goes head-to-head, people around respond differently. So, I don't know, we'll wait and see. So we, we did the... We did the the airport thing we did the plane thing what's tomorrow's challenge uh, we're going to go for a swim lots of people have been telling us to swim every day so it's, it's not really much of a challenge no. but we'll, we'll do that uh, I don't know what we'll do tomorrow we've got three big interviews tomorrow actually we'll get our show tomorrow we've got three. do you want to tell them who they are no you, you, you want to be a secret every surprise. day surprise surprise okay yeah well you'll be very excited because we're delivering game yeah anything else sponsors here we go quickly go through our normal ones endurance sport travel Okay, so these guys, if you want to go anywhere around the world and you want someone to organise it all for you, and they're really great. And the cool thing is they're great, but you also have your independence. Mm. Like, I kind of thought that it would be you hanging out with everybody at the same time, mm. but it's not really. They kind of just arrange everything for you, and if you want your needs catered for, then they'll do that. Like, they picked us up from the airport, and if you wanted your bike done, then they're really, really, really great. So If you want to go to the breakfast, you go to the breakfast, otherwise you do your own thing. Which we're going to do tomorrow morning. Yeah. So if you're, if you're thinking of doing a race somewhere in the world and you just want someone to organise it for you, this, this company is the company to do it. What's the website? EnduranceSportTravel.com. And we'll just cr- get a link off our site. Yep. And I've actually done a special website for this week's show, so you can check that out as well. Mm. Who else? Challenge Athletes Foundation. We're yeah. going to try to hook up with a few of those athletes later this week because. Uh, well, I actually saw a guy today who had no leg and no hand. Really? 
And I was thinking, wow, imagine swimming with no hand. I think it'd be a little bit easier swimming with no, with no hand than swimming with no legs. Yeah. So legless is, is really tricky. But imagine, it must be hard to balance yourself. Yeah. I should have grabbed an interview with him. If yeah. I see him tomorrow, I will. We've got our new little uh, yeah. portable thing, so we may be doing a few interviews. We will do a few interviews there. Tomorrow we're on the boat, we're swimming out of the boat, and we'll um, maybe try to grab a few interviews out there, get a few age groupers in the morning. So Just back to Challenge Athletes. If you want to do a race and you want to sponsor some, you know, get in behind some kind of charity. Yeah. Great charity to do Challenged it for. Ath- Challenged Athletes Foundation. So, and quickly, Coffees of Hawaii. We tried the coffee today. Beautiful. Ballistic. We won't be sleeping. But uh, <laughs> athletes.com, we're going to put some pictures up there. Uh, we're going to put all the people who donated up there. And then trybuys.com. Get on there for the specials. Um, okay, so tomorrow we get up early. Going to go for a swim. Yep. Apparently there's sharks out today. Yep. Lots of dolphins, sharks. You name it, it was out there. Yep. And... Tell you what, we've got a, cha- I've got a challenge for people watching the race on the day. Is you've got to try to spot where the IM Talk banner is. Oh, here be, we go. There's going to be a banner outside where we're First time to email us, get to out of try t shirt? Yep. At, at what? Yeah, just maybe, I don't know how we'll do it. We have to think about this. First one to email us. Okay. They've got to say where it was and. Yeah, maybe I have to remember. Uh, it's hard to remember. We'll, we'll, come, up, we'll come, up with a, come up with a plan for that. Yeah. Got okay. a nice banner thanks to the guys at Art of Try did it for us last year. Yep. Um, anything else tomorrow, John? John wants to get a ride in. I want to try to get a bit of a ride in. We're not riding like we did today, are we, John? Well, we could do. I might get a bit excited. But tomorrow's like looking like the morning where we might have a little bit of spare time. Thursday's looking pretty stacked. Friday afternoon, possibly. And then Saturday's all-day racing. Tomorrow's also the big day for the athletes. So, you know, up to this point, you know there's a race happening in town. But tomorrow is when the expo starts. I'm putting that all up today. It's kind of where everything starts to really kick in from tomorrow forward. So, you know, it's, it's a really big time from here forward, isn't it? It is. Uh, okay. If you want to check out our photos, every day we're going to put a couple of photos up on the website. We're going to call them Porno's Photos of the Day, because okay. he suggested it to me. Okay. Not, not as in porno photos. Yeah. <laughs> look at this, look at that. Oh, That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, anything else, John? That's it. Iron Russ. What are you up to for the rest of the week? <laughs> well, I, I scored the bedroom. You did too. But I think, yeah, these fans, we've got to get... Started. Yeah, I actually think I won. I think you could have done Yeah. Okay. Uh, and other than that, uh, we're off to an interview and then I'm going to sleep and we've got free internet, so we're happy about that. We have. Right, John, here we go. Iron Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.